Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Are you thinking about doing your own podcast, but you don't know how? Well, have you heard about Anchor? It's actually the platform that I'm hosting through this right now. And yes, it's free. Not only is it free, it's super easy to use. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so much more. It's really that easy. And guess what? You can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's a big deal. So it's really everything you need in one place to make an amazing podcast. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Which is a form of therapy, right? Yeah. But that's therapeutic. It's not therapy. Yeah. Those are two different things. Like, And um, I think that's something that uh, a lot of guys don't understand, right? Yeah. They think that, oh, it's like, oh, wow. when I kick it with my boys, I come back home and I feel really great. Yeah. That's awesome. I think yeah. that's super great. It's like, yeah, I could tell my boys like my day was stressed out. That's yeah. great. But the difference between that and once again, I'm not trying to push therapy hard on everybody else. Um, I just think that if you do need help, it's very important for you to get professional help. Oh, are we recording? In five, four, three, two. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Genius Brain. She cannot help herself but to always do accents. <laughs> I, I kid you, I? it is either a nervous tick or something, but every time, dude, let me tell you what she did the other day. What did I do? So, okay. So we got, <laughs> I know what you're we, got, we got Postmates, right? <laughs> and there's this, our Postmates guy is an Asian dude. Clearly he doesn't speak English very well. Well, you, how do you know he didn't say a single word? Oh, because I was messaging him for the food stuff. He's mm. all broken English. And his name is Asian as fuck. And he's an older Asian gentleman. Uh-huh. He, she comes in. She goes, oh, after she drops out the food, she opens the door, gets the package, looks at this guy. And she goes, okay, thank you. <laughs> First of you all. You give me anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Number You're, one, you, clarification. When they, when they say stop he, Asian hate, they're talking about you. <laughs> clarification. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even looking at me. He was walking towards his car and... I wasn't thinking, oh, he's Asian, so let me bring up my Asian accent. That's just who I am. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, thank you. Because that's exactly what I do 24-7. And here's the thing. I thought about this. I was like, huh, why do I do that? You know, it turns out that what I actually do 
is mimic Americans. How was that mimicking an American? Yeah, not that sound cute part. <laughs> yeah, what <laughs> not are you talking about? Part. But I've realized that when I'm talking like this, I'm actually mimicking American accent. Explain. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, did example, you do ayahuasca before we started this? <laughs> are you like in another dimension? What the hell are you saying right now? You're not in the same world as me. That's what it <laughs> I, is. Mind blowing. I don't think anybody is. I don't know what you're talking about. So. I had a conversation with my friends talking about like what our first language is and everything. And I was like, I don't have a freaking first language. It's like, is it English? Not really. Is it Korean? Not really. Then what is it? I'm like, what is the first language you learned? Korean. Yeah. So your first language is Korean. No, but I didn't learn Korean well. So when I went to Korea, I didn't know how to speak Korean. So it's what it turns out is that I don't have a language in terms of like, and that also equivalents to equates equates to the accent that I have. So when I'm talking in English as well, I only picked this up recently, 2015 to be exact. Oh no, 2014, 2013 to be exact. Um, it's a very specific date for you to remember this. It's because <laughs> when I came back from Taiwan and I didn't know how to communicate, I was like in a very like dark world. <laughs> and then I started uh, having internships and stuff. So that's when I started listening to the Americans saying, like, you crushed it, Mariel. I'm like, why the hell? What does that even mean? Why are you yelling at me? And then I realized there's all these like idioms that they use. So I started listening and realizing, oh, that's how they talk. So I mimic it. What does that have to do with you looking at that Asian man and going, <laughs> what, okay, thank you. What I'm saying is that I'm not, I'm not being right. I don't know. What are, you, what are you trying to say? Like I'm racist or something? Is that the no, phrase? Because I'm, I'm not trying to like, you, I'm not if that saying was you're... an American dude, I would have done the exact same thing. Oh, really? Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, See y'all later. I still would have said thank you or thank you, whatever I said. I'm saying that with you, you do a lot of stuff that's very <laughs> sus that you need that you need to second guess when you say things out loud. <laughs> you do a lot of things where I'm just like, dude, you're so lucky that like either this ethnicity or this type of person isn't around because whenever she says stuff, she doesn't mean anything by it. It just no. it's just she's been around so so many different countries. There's a lot of things she doesn't understand. Like for example, one of the things that shooketh me and shooketh me what is that what a lot of people don't understand right so when they go oh you live in america you should be used to all this type of information right one of the biggest things that i think people fuck up on is assuming that this person should know everything that you know right so for example when it came to when it comes to race relation things mm. um there was a lot of asian people that i knew that i didn't know didn't understand a lot of like black American culture or the things that, that the black American uh, community has to deal with. And people will look at some of these people and say, well, what are you fucking living under a rock? You're doing that because you're ignorant. Well, you choose not to know these things about like you're racist. And that's unfair because we have this idea of what America is, right? Yeah. We think that everybody in this country lives in a melting pot. And it's not true. Huh. If you come into California, specifically the Los Angeles County, huh. I have been so surprised as to meet so many people who have never either had an, a Mexican friend, black friend, white friend, and vice versa the other way yeah, around. Yeah, we're not a melting pot. We're just bubbles. People stay in their little bubble. Yeah. Specifically in this area, if you guys don't know, there's an area called uh, uh, Diamond Bar and Roland Heights. 
heavily, heavily populated Chinese and Korean area, right? Some of these motherfuckers there, they may, they might see one or two black people their whole lives. Yeah. And literally, that's it because the people in their school all look like them. You know how bad it is? Is that we would go to Albertsons, which is a local grocery store. And if we see a white lady pass by, no joke, all of us were like, what is she doing here? We're just looking at her. It's like, dude, this is America. Of course, it'll be a freaking like other race. But we're just so used to having Asians around that. Well, this this actually became a big topic. Um... Years ago on a JK News episode, there was a girl named Amber. She was, I think she's uh, Taiwanese or she's Chinese, um, but she was in the K-pop group, Amber Liu. Uh-huh. And Amber Liu was on here and um, it was a video where some, where I think a policeman was harassing a, a, a black guy, right? Okay. On a subway or something like that. It, it was something that was pretty bad. And in her mind, and she actually, they're like, well, Amber grew up in... I mean, let's just break it down even further. She made a commentary about how I wonder why um, that man just didn't listen to the cops or none of this would happen, right? And when you hear that from an outside perspective and you see somebody who can speak English who grew up in like the Diamond Bar area, uh-huh. they go, well, you're American. What kind of ignorant shit is that? Are you saying – and you know, and she got a, a, a lot of flack from the black community and just a lot of other people who are supportive of the black community saying that like, this woman is – you know, terrible. She's racist or whatever. Oh, sorry. I was trying to understand what the con, what was happening. So basically, the cop was. I don't know the exact video, but I think it was a cop that was uh, harassing a, a black man in the subway, and it was and then, like it was police. It was like police aggression. And then she was saying, "Well, why couldn't the black man just do follow the rules? Listen to the cops mm, or I whatever, see, I see, I see. right?" And when you say these type of things, and you don't know the history of this country, right? And specifically, you don't know what it's like to live here. People look at her. And they said, well, she's racist. Well, it's not as simple as that. No. That girl didn't grow up with any black people. She uh-huh. doesn't she doesn't have a black friend. She might have some black friends here and there in her periphery that they don't she doesn't understand the community. Oh, yeah. But when people look at her, they go, Oh, she's an American. She should know better. Not everybody knows uh, about this stuff. No. That's, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm definitely one of those candidates. Well, <laughs> exactly. So like, you know, you know, wrapping it back to you after we finish this up, you know, she got a lot of flack for that. Mm. And from an outside perspective, people only thought of her as an American girl. She should know mm. about black plight, mm. but she doesn't. Just because we live in this country, it doesn't mean that we all know what's going on, mm. right? And I used to be like that too. I used to look at some, how do you not know this? And then I start having conversations with people and seeing how they grew up and they go, well, I didn't have any black friends. My whole school was all Asian people and a couple of white people. Mm. So when it comes to this type of stuff, I just don't know. So I said it from my perspective. Also too, for her, you know, I feel like for a lot of Asian people, they're very keen on authority, right? Government is law. So you just kind of follow along with whatever like cops and government say. So there's just also this like cultural thing that a lot of people don't understand. So wrapping back to you, like remember, I remember the first time we, we mentioned when you met Khalif and you wanted to touch his hair. <laughs> I know. And it was completely innocent, <laughs> yeah. right? And then I was like, hey, you can't. Now I clearly know. I'm like, wow. what it, like? And the thing is, might have been my first time ever asking a black person if I could touch their hair because it might have been the first time where I had an opportunity to ask. That's how uh, little opportunity I had to meet uh, African-Americans. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or anyone who had an Afro hair. Yeah. I was was explaining to her, it's like, would you just let any person touch your hair? (laughs) You know? It's like, oh yeah, probably not. It's like, yeah, probably not, you know? There was something else that was related to that where we're, Asians get asked a lot. 
oh, I think it's like not equivalent, but it's along the line of this kind of like agitation of like, oh, um, do you eat kimchi? Do you like kimchi? I like kimchi. It's like, it's not the first thing you're going to ask me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just because I'm Korean. Kind of like. Yeah, I mean, I'm even more lenient than that. When people mm-hmm. do that type of food stuff, I just go, I, I find it endearing because that's the only way they want to relate. They want to connect and relate. And you know what? If, if the intent is kind, yeah. I'll always go for the intent. Yeah, it's the intent. It's the intent. So guys, if I say something that's off the line, you know, just know that the intent is very innocent. Yeah, and then just, <laughs> and just have a conversation. And I had this, I was talking about this on a previous podcast too, where I talk about the power of conversation, right? And conversation is everything, which a lot of people don't want to do nowadays because it's very easy to go online and just yell at somebody, condemn them, and then try to drag their name through the mud, mm. right? When, we are, when we're on this podcast and I talk about, let's say, a topic that um, – uh, some kind of scandal that happens. This is just a conversation and a podcast topic. There's nothing else to it. We're not really entertaining towards the camera. I'm talking to the person in front of me. But I think what happens a lot of the times is that a lot of people are scared of conversation because they're afraid of confrontation. Mm. So like I know a lot of people who want to say what they want, but when the person's in front of their face, they get really super quiet. Mm. It's because confrontation is not in them. Mm. Not, they don't want to have conversation. Majority of the time when somebody tries to bring somebody down online, it's not because they're trying to change their mind. It's not because they're trying to make the world better. It's not because they're trying to say something positive or change somebody's habit. It's because they want to tear that person down to make them feel better. And so I feel like that's what happened to Amber. That's what's happening to a lot of people nowadays. Because like if we mess up, it's like, oh, it's not, is it impossible for me to make a mistake? Mm. You know, we all, we all, we all fuck up, mm. you know, that's why I, that's why I'm always so open about the things that I mess up on mm. because I'm not perfect. This is a podcast. I'm going to say a lot of things on this podcast that people mm. aren't going to agree with. And it's just going to be conversation and thought. Even in the last podcast, we were talking and I changed my mind during the podcast because of the conversation I was having with PK, you know? What do you mean? Oh, it was about a comic who um, um, I, I felt like he didn't handle <clears throat> the situation very right. And he kind of like, PK was just talking to me about, well, you know, you're different. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if, if you were in his shoes, you probably would have handled it that way. But he's not like you, mm. you know? So just to give him a little empathy. And I was like, oh, you're probably right. Mm. But that wouldn't have happened if it didn't happen with the one-on-one conversation. Mm. People need to learn how to give people chances. And I think that's what we're missing a lot. Well, those people, they don't want to have that conversation. That's the whole point is that they have this uh, access of just yelling without having… What's that word? It's not… It's the opposite of reward. Consequences. Consequences. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they don't… They're they're anonymous and that's they just want to yell. That's it. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. we don't want a conversation. I don't want you to reply to me. I just want to throw crap at you. I always wonder too, like, especially during pandemic now, or you know, it's we're still in pandemic, but I think a lot of people have kind of now wrestled with this idea of I think just people are losing their minds, dude. Like they yeah. they're, they're they're losing their minds. I'm losing my mind. People are becoming more and more active on the internet and less active in real life. Oh, you you think it's still like that? Oh, it's getting worse and worse. Even when I see people vacation or I see people going on trips, they're not, I feel sometimes they're not going on trips for their vacation. They're going on trips to show people they're going on vacation. Oh, yeah. That's been going on for a while though. I'm saying it's really extreme now. It's like, oh, I need to go to this spot so I can TikTok it versus I need to go because I want to experience this, right? You got to do it for a TikTok. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a really odd thing nowadays. And I think like a lot of people now, especially like uh, younger people, actually even in our age group, Mm -hmm. we're, we're, 
people who live in a first world country now have this idea of or this burden of trying to figure out what makes them happy. Like mm-hmm. happiness is one of those things that people are try, are, are working back towards, mm-hmm. right? This pandemic has really made people think about what their happiness means. Yeah, like what is happiness, Yeah, right? Um, and I think people are going to find out a lot of the stuff that you see on Instagram, mm-hmm. on, on social media, it's just not real. Mm-hmm. Like their happiness is what only what they show you. And if you keep comparing your life to these things that are just snapshots of of an ideal world mm-hmm. that people choose to show you like this is what yeah. this is what I want to show you but everything else in the background is fucked you're going to be chasing something that's not attainable it's just not attainable like even when i show people of you know pictures of our vacations right mm-hmm. we're not showing them i don't know like in taiwan mm-hmm. we're not showing in the video i didn't show them us in the airport for 7 hours trying to get a ticket back cuz we messed up the dates <laughs> yeah, you know they're not they're not seeing that struggle yeah. Yeah. You're only seeing the fun little or clips. Or when you were vomiting as we were coming, oh, going yeah. to Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Where I was… Food I, poisoned. Mm-hmm. I'm not showing you that type of stuff. I mean, we could definitely show that no, if you okay like to. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to show any of that stuff. But we, we recently saw a documentary on this about, you know, kids in Korea. Yeah. You know, when we… Obviously, my perspective of Korea is based on something that's very dated, right? Because I was born there, but I came here when I was three years old. Mm -hmm. And my vision of what Korean culture is actually Korean-American culture. I actually don't know too much about Korean-Korean culture, except from the stuff that my relatives tell me or, you know, my parents tell me. And that's really about it. Mm -hmm. So my perspective on Koreans are Korean-Americans in the 90s in the mm-hmm. 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. But watching this documentary, it doesn't seem that much has changed from what my parents have told me, right? What's the documentary? The, we saw it together. The the one on YouTube. Oh, that Chosun is Hell? No, the one about suicide. That's, that's Oh, that's what one. it's called? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which is very interesting, right? So they, in this documentary, if you guys watch it, they talk about kind of like Korean culture and this idea about like education being the key to happiness. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My lovely genius brain farts. This podcast is brought to you by Fume. Ever try to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing Everest and flip-flops? Yeah, we've been there too. But here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. It's not about giving up. It's about switching up, baby. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. What is Fume, you ask? Fume is an innovative, award-winning, flavored air device that does just 
fat instead of vapor. Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy. I keep one in my car just because I'm a fidgety guy. And guess what? I'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor, my friends. Nothing bad for you in there. And definitely, definitely fun to use. My friends, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving the listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today. This podcast is brought to you by Purple, one of our favorite ongoing sponsors. I love my Purple mattress, and if you are sleeping on something that's not a Purple mattress, your spine, if it could come out of your body, would beat your ass because you are screwing with it so much. We spend so much time sleeping in our lives. Why not do it with the optimal amount of comfort and coolness? Purple mattress has the grid technology. It sleeps and keeps me cool. I'm telling you right now, your boy sweats a lot during the nighttime, and the grid has helped me out a lot. I love it. It's super comfortable, and I seriously don't know what I'd do without it. Purple is comfort reinvented right now. You'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. Go to purple.com slash brain10 and use promo code brain10. That's purple.com slash brain10, promo code brain10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Purple.com slash brain10, promo code brain10 terms apply right which was established after like the korean war um during mm-hmm. during that president's time because this was the way for salvation it was the idea of education will set you free yeah so this is the only and it's been around like that for now many many years but nowadays whether it's because of technology or something else they're finding out that there's especially with some of these kids that they interviewed um something very profound they, they asked a kid like have you ever thought about your happiness Yeah. So I think what they were saying is that they picked three students who went to the top three university in Korea, which is called Sky um, and three different universities. And they came around and asked them. Yonsei. Seolday, Yonsei. Yeah. I don't know the K one. K. Kyung something, I think. Okay. Kangodong. Kangodong Pekchong. Yeah, it's called Sky School because Kangodong Pekchong. That would be funny. Um, and then they basically were saying that they had goals. They had many goals. Goal is to get into certain cram school so that you could get into certain university. But they never had the time to think about what their dream is. Yeah. And that's what it was. Which is literally the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, they were just like on the go figuring out how to reach that goal. And that they thought that goal equivalent is equivalent to happiness. Yeah. But that wasn't the case because nowadays so many of these students or Korean younger, I don't know, children they who graduated from school, there are just so many comp- competition now that they don't have enough job jobs. Scarcity. That they are, you know, they come out of school, graduated with an honors degree, whatever, from this amazing school. Turns out that they don't have a job. So it's like, they come out and they're like, what the hell? I thought this was it. Like, they're at the edge of the cliff, realizing like, we, they thought it was the end of hell and start of like happiness. But then they realize there's nothing. 
Yeah, that's the sad thing. And I think too, there's a lot of Asian American kids that go through that same problem. Mm. Oman said, you just have to do well in school and you'll get a great job. When you get a great job, you'll be happy. They may not explicitly say that, but because the goal is to make sure that you get into an amazing school, Mm -hmm. they think that that's all it takes in order for you to be happy, Happy. right? They may not explicitly say it, but it kind of becomes ingrained in them at a young age, right? And so it's like, oh, well, I went to Harvard and they get this job and the job that they have pays decently, but it doesn't make them happy. And I think there's just this huge pressure specifically with Asian Americans about how we look like to other people. Oh, yeah. Like that outward image. Oh, where did your daughter go to school? Mm-hmm. Oh, my daughter went to Berkeley. Oh, my daughter went to Yale. And, you know, when those people would ask my parents those questions, like, where'd your son go? They go, how's your son? <laughs> It's so true. Like in order, in order to be in that community, like at the end of the day, we're humans and we like to be in a community and Koreans are just heavily focused on status. It's all about saving face, having the status so that people are jealous of you or, you know, envious of you. And so when you come in, like it's a all competition, moms come around and they talk about their kids, their kids is their pride. So however their kids result in what school you go to or what job you get is their pride and is their like status in the community it's till the day they die which is so odd like my mom and i had a very big fight one time and i think the the thing that i didn't really understand or care for was the fact that my dad was uh he was a minister Mm -hmm. so everything that i did came right back to him you know and Mm. he had to look like he had it all together our family, it wasn't in shambles or anything, but there was a lot of shit that we were going through, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think the the added pressure of us just trying to keep our family together, on top of that, I had to worry about what somebody else thought about our family. Yeah. I didn't care for. And, it, you know, even afterwards, after my father stopped um, stopped his ministry and he stopped going to church, my mom still had this thing of, oh, what are other people going to say? And I remember this conversation that I had with my mom and I just snapped. I was like, who the fuck are these other people? Who yeah. are these other people? And she goes, oh, you know, the Korean. I said, fuck the Korean community. I don't give a fuck about them. I was like, if I die tomorrow, they might cry one day, but they'll forget about me the next. I don't care. Yeah. If any of them fucking die tomorrow, I wouldn't shed a fucking tear. That's how little I care about them. I was like, the, I was, and I told my mom this. And it was such a crazy fight because I told her, I was like, the only person that I care about is that if you care about me, if Appa cares about me, if my brother, that's it. Everybody's a opinion. I don't fucking care. Don't mention these people to me, you know? <laughs> I feel like I, may, I might be too general, but I feel like men are easier to say that. Whereas I don't we, think it's general. I think that's true. Like for especially like in the Asian family. Yeah. Like, like for the daughter to say that it's, it's way less impactful. The than moms the moms are more into this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think maybe because it's emotionally attached in some way or they're just more talkative. You know, women, we love to talk. So I think it's just a lot harder for women to be out of that society. It's just basically you're t- saying your, to your mom, just don't be part of that society. Yeah. Don't be part of that community. And if that's the only community that she has, well, then she's going to be a loner. And who wants to be alone, you know? And I could see the struggle because like I had um, a friend in Korea where she had a child and 
she started going to preschool and then I go and see her and she's I was like how you know how are you doing and she's like I'm so busy all day every day because like it's all this like mom's like gathering and if you miss out they will kick you out and not only that they seriously this mom she is participating everything and making sure everybody's happy with her so that her kid doesn't get outcasted at school because if the moms decide to outcast her she will they will tell the kids not to play with her daughter that's fucking crazy then it's not so they're doing it for their kids in that kind of sense right so in order to be in this community her daughter also needs to do well so that they also think oh this girl has some resource like we could count on her but if the girl's kid doesn't do well at school they'll be like oh she's useless let's kick her out then the kid gets kicked out do you see how twisted and intertwined it's, all this stuff is? It's, it's a real life K drama. Oh yeah, it's real life K drama. Hey, all these dramas are not based off like out of nowhere. It's based on some true story. Yeah, you see a lot of these Korean dramas where they a lot of it talks about status and respect, and it's so important to people. Higher and and I gotta tell you, like it sucks to be in a world where that matters. It's it's king. Status is king. Mm. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things that my mom really likes. That she, the reason why she enjoyed moving to the States versus staying in Korea is because of always having to save face 24-7. Mm-hmm. It is hard enough trying to figure out what makes you happy and then figure out what makes everybody else happy. I am, I am, I hate that so Isn't much. that sad? They're so busy to keeping other people happy that individuals, they don't know what makes them happy. Yeah. There's have, no time for it. Yeah, and have, it's, it's, it's stupid, right? It's like, have you heard of that phrase? It kind of applies to this too. It's like, why should, why am I drinking poison praying for you to die? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you're hoping this person dies by you drinking poison. How does that work? Yeah, that's so true. You know, like. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. It, oh, she just learned this new American phrase. Actually, I already knew that phrase. I just didn't know where it came from. Yeah. Well, drinking the Kool-Aid means like you're, you're following the crowd, right? Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a sad thing. I, I can't, I can't imagine living like that. And even the documentary, which I was surprised Korea's suicide rate beat out Japan by a lot. Oh yeah, long, 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 long by time a ago. lot, dude. Yeah. I was like, dude, Korea never lose, baby. We're number, <laughs> Korea's number one, huh? number one on everything. <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked that our suicide rate is that high. Uh, I mean, Korea is basically a replicate of Japan. So what you know, Japan was had its own boom in the early nineties. Now it's Korea, and that equivalents to having also high suicide. Like our our suicide rate is so freaking high, it's kind of ridiculous, man. And like the 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 emphasis on mental health in Asia really isn't big. Here's either. the thing, though, I think there is an opportunity now because there is this really famous therapist who comes out on all social media, mm-hmm. like and all and TV broadcast too. And she is so well respected because she's helping out not only celebrities but also just citizens. There's a lot of TV shows where family come and say, I have this problem with my child. So they watch them and she helps them out. And she has recently, I watched the show that just came on my Instagram about um, Ailey, who is a K-pop artist. And she's talking about her issues and they're having one-on-one in this TV show. And I'm like, whoa, they're like really bringing out issues and talking about in public. How fucking great is that? Is that they're finally opening up that people have issues with their body image, with Uh, social media how people talk about each other and i think it's just with netflix too just being uh very open and like these days k-dramas are very open about homosexual and it's becoming more and more um 
available for them in social in media. And I think that's a huge influence for the citizens saying that, hey, I, mean, I need one of well, those. Well, I hope so because it doesn't reflect in the numbers, right? So, Not yet. So but. like these TV shows, and once again, this is all for profit and benefit. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I'm saying. Like until I see that reflection in the numbers where our su- where their suicide rate starts to drop, then I'll believe it. Maybe because, she is coming around because there is I'm an just, issue. Just, well, that's, I'm saying like I, I seriously doubt stuff that I see on TV, specifically Korean Pangso stuff because they exaggerate shit to the fucking max, just like any reality TV stuff. So, With therapy? No, not just therapy, but it's like they do it because, oh, people are going to like this because it gets views. Oh, yeah. So it, I hope that ha- is a reflection in how everybody else thinks versus it's just like, oh, this is an entertaining thing to watch. But it's not for me. Because mm. a lot of like Korean men are like that, right? They they think that their therapy is them hanging out and talking to their boys, which is a form of therapy, right? Yeah. But that's therapeutic. It's not therapy. Yeah. Those are two different things. Like, And um, I think that's something that uh, a lot of guys don't understand, right? Yeah. They think that, oh, it's like, oh, wow. when I kick it with my boys, I come back home and I feel really great. Yeah. That's awesome. I think yeah. that's super great. It's like, yeah, I could tell my boys like my day was stressed out. That's yeah. great. But the difference between that and once again, I'm not trying to push therapy hard on everybody else. Um, I just think that if you do need help, it's very important for you to get professional help yeah. who cannot tell you how to live your life, but give you alternative thought to help you work through your problems. Because a lot of people have very similar problems. Yeah. It's just packaged in different ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I am so advocate. Like I would, I'm more than happy to talk to people about, you know, having a therapy and like what it meant for me personally, in my own opinion of having a therapist, it has changed my life a lot. And I am so advocate about it. And, you know, I think it's true in one end is like, they're using it because it does bring the viewer or the view rate. But here's the thing. There has been a lot of shows showing how celebrities take care of the kids. That got so popular. It's just everywhere, right? In return, though, not only the viewer rates went up, but then they also have a lot of empathy on these parents. It's like, wow, not only you're a celebrity, but you're actually a home, like you're a real dad at home. You do go through real struggles. Like people cry because of the issues that they're having with their kids. And it's all being shown. Like it's so raw. I mean, obviously it's curated to a certain story, but then certain things of just like, whoa, that's kind I of- I find that so, not the, not the- not the not the show, but uh-huh. I think that's not just why people are so fucking dumb. What? It's like the moment you know, like when people go into they become a movie star, right? Uh-huh. It's their job. Uh-huh. They're not gonna stress out too. Like these people aren't fucking human. It's, it's like just, Michael Jackson. It's just like the weirdest thing though. Like people people sometimes treat celebrities like such shit. Like they yeah. treat them like they're fucking commodities. And you know what? Not all celebrities are great people. So the ones that yeah. are terrible go fuck themselves. Yeah. But you know, when, when celebrities come on and they're like, yeah, I had a tough day, like at work yeah. or, you know, dealing with my kids and people, ugh, what do you mean? You have so much money. Money, you're I know, exactly. What the fuck does that have to do with having a healthy family? Exactly. So these kind of shows kind of bring the other side of them. And I think this therapy thing, this therapy, uh, what is it? Therapy TV shows are going to bring that side too. It's like, I oh, want I'm not, that. I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I'm just saying that. It's not reflected in our numbers. Not yet. So I have let's, hope. Let's, That's what I'm saying. Let's see. Let's see. You know, I have hope. because one of the things that I believe that Korean people are very good at is showing face really well, but then doing something different in the back end. The you younger know? generation, I think, is changing. That's why there are in that documentary, there's ac- there are academics that are not related to universities. Yeah. It's, it's hard, man, because, you know, I, I think Korea has been a country that has struggled a lot. You know, uh, we like our Korean war 
um, being subjugated under Japan. And even beyond that, before that, we were like, we were um, a province of like China and mm-hmm. just, you were just owned. We like, were poor people. We were poor. Like we were owned yeah. by everybody. It yeah. was, it was, our history is very sad. And I think that's why a lot of Korean Americans and, you know, Korean people out there, I don't know if you agree or disagree. We have this. This podcast is brought to you by Skillshare, my friends. Every human was born to create. Whether you last picked up a paintbrush yesterday or in grade school, you can explore your creativity and be inspired. Skillshare is an online learning community that offers membership with real meaning. You got a bunch of things to explore, real projects to create, and the support of other fellow creatives. So Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Even for me, even though I've been doing YouTube and a lot of online content for a while, I decided to take Marcus Brownlee's YouTube success script, shoot and edit. And it brushes up on a lot of skills that I forgot about and also teaches me some new things. There's always room to grow and learn, even if it's something that you've been doing for a long time. And for those of you out there who have side hobbies and hustles and you're tired of looking for people to teach you the right things online, well, Skillshare has a bunch of classes for you so you don't have to hunt around and waste your time. And by the way, it's also incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. So explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash brain and get a one-month free trial of premium membership. That's a one-month of a free premium membership at Skillshare.com slash brain. Scarcity mentality is big in our country, in our culture. Mm. Like we always feel that somebody else's success is going to take away from ours mm. and that we have to do whatever we can to come up on top. Mm-hmm. If one of the biggest things that I've dealt with with a lot of people who are Korean, they always had the same story about somebody who backstabbed them that was in their Korean friends who smiled in front of their face, did something behind their back and tried to climb up on top. And yeah. I, I think it just has to do with our sad history. And it's kind of like deeply ingrained in us to feel that we have to do whatever we can to survive no matter what. It's always competition. It's always competition. And yeah. I've I've never, ever liked that. And I think because I saw that so much in the churches, a lot of like Korean friends. Um, mm-hmm. And once again, this is just my perspective in my life from what I've seen. Mm. And other Korean people, if you disagree, then I'm, I'm glad that you had a better life than I did. But it's 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 been a reoccurring thing that I've seen with a lot of my Korean friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say... It's not only Korean culture, like I've seen other Asian culture that have similar issues of like backstabbing and like having a different plan behind their back. Um, But I have to say, Koreans, there is something called Han and Mm -hmm. Ok. Han is fire. Ok is like revenge type of like Mm -hmm. feeling like, I'll show you. We have a lot of those, like I'll show you. It's like Japanese people have like a... Kuyashi or something like that. I forgot what it's called. Uh, they have something called tatemae, yeah. which is completely opposite. We're like very expressive. Where them, they have this wall. So you never know what they're thinking because yeah. they have such formal manner. And what their mentality is that you don't you don't share the pain to others because then you're bringing um, unnecessary things to them. Yeah. And they don't like, um, what do you call it? Like, burden. Yeah, you want to give burden on others. Yeah, pudam. Like you don't want to… Oh, like, pudam. Yeah. yeah. So it's the complete opposite of Koreans where I feel like we tend to overshare. That's where the problem is. Is like we tend to overshare where people start gossiping. So oh, gossips, gossiping is huge in the Korean We're community. so opposite from each other. Yeah. And yet we are going along the same lifestyle. Man, I'll put it like this, man. Like it's… One of the things what I love about America is that you could literally be and do whatever the fuck you want. Like yeah. you cannot 
you can say whatever you want about this country. That freedom alone is something I would never, ever change. One of the, and I just something small, like going to Korea or going to other countries or like going to Europe and me walking around in like shorts and a shirt mm. would be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Mm. Like, is he going to play basketball? Is he going to swim? How come he's dressed like this? They will the, definitely look at me. They'll you. be looking at me. And in my mind, I'm just like, I'm chilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't have much pressure to do that over here. I could be what, and even if I lived in Korea, I still wouldn't feel that pressure. I just would be making everybody else feel uncomfortable. You know, mm, but that's so much work on you too. It's not work because I don't care. So, but you you feel it, you feel that, yeah. and you know that they're looking at you, so yeah, you're but, reacting. But you and I are different, though. Like how people behave about how I do something, unless I'm doing something that's offensive or like hurting them, then I'm gonna be who I am. Me okay. wearing shorts and a t-shirt because it's hot <laughs> is not. I'm not going to change that because it makes you feel uncomfortable because, and by the way, that's not like, it's not, it's not a wrong thing to do. It's just, oh, this guy is trashy or bummy. Yeah. That's okay for them to think that I'm a hundred percent. Okay. I could live happy for the rest of my life. Somebody thinking that it doesn't matter. They're not important to me because I'm not doing something culturally offensive. I'm not doing something bad or wrong. It's just, I just look like a bum (laughs) to them, Mm. you know, like Mm. being at the airport, like in Korea. And dressing the way you see people go, you see people going to uh, in the airport from Korea to the, to to the U.S., which is a very long flight, full makeup, dressed up, and I'm like, "You're gonna be on a plane? What are you, <laughs> you doing?" You always gotta be ready for anything, for anything. That's their mentality. My mentality is that if something goes down in an airport, I need to be flexible, quick, and ready to run. <laughs> yeah, I you was know? like, I want to be comfortable. I want to sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's what's great about America, and I'm really thankful in that kind of sense. Is that Although, like, I grew up in the Asian community where it is very em- emphasized on saving your face, I still have this other side, like me as an adult, live, work, living and working in American side, where none of that really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you be you and you do your job well and you be a good person, then I'm happy. Yeah. Like, that makes me happy. Yes, I make these, like, Racist, not racist, but I make these certain, I take certain actions because I'm used to doing that. And people might take it offensive if they don't know me. But if they knew, know me, they'll be like, oh, that's Mariel. But in Korea, that will be like a gossip. I wouldn't able to do that. Yeah, I think you're a lot different than I mean. You know, it's like I've, I've kind of grown up people judging me my whole life. It, it can't stop me from doing stuff that makes me happy or feel comfortable. That's like who you are though. It's like… It's, it's just so hard for me to worry about what this person's thinking because what you think doesn't make me uncomfortable. You're not a people pleaser. Like, definitely not. I, like, I'm definitely I'm, not a fucking people this pleaser. This is where, again, we're, and this is like, we're polar opposite where I'm such a people pleaser and you're not. And it's just so crazy. So exhausting living like that. Though. It is exhausting, but also, it also makes me happy. Listen, I've, I mean, you're not that bad of a people pleaser though. Like I've met people pleasers who get under my fucking skin because they're just so fucking obnoxious. Like I can't even be around them because you're always, it's it's like walking on eggshells around them all the fucking time Mm. because they can't deal with the fact that there's somebody out there in this world hates them. Oh, that I don't care. That is so hard for them. Like we know somebody like that too. Uh, uh. And this person, man, like just having a conversation with this person, is just, 
they're always trying to figure out if they did something wrong or if you like them. And it's just, I can't, it's like, good Lord, man, just shut the fuck up. Oh, I, like, I could care less about people. I don't know. It's yeah. just like, why do you do this, man? Out of sight, out of mind for me. Also, I have a memory of a goldfish. And the funny thing is because they don't understand too. It's like, because you're such a people pleaser, people hate you. Oh, it, it has does the, somebody hate me? It has the, it has the opposite effect. You're such me. a people pleaser. People <laughs> fucking dislike you because the mm. biggest problem with people pleasers is that they always tend to be dishonest. Uh, they can't be true to themselves. They can't be true to themselves because they're true to everybody else yeah. and their ideals. So they only do things based on what uh, what other people dictate. Maybe I'm not a people you're, pleaser. You are not that big. You're not that big. You're a people pleaser to the people you care about. Yes. Yeah, not to everybody. No. So like because you care about me a lot, you want to make sure that I'm happy. I know. I'm always thinking two steps ahead and I hurt myself because Yeah, and then you have a certain expectation of what you expected out of me to feel when you try to people please me yeah. that you become disappointed. Yeah. That's a little different. There are people pleasers out there who literally will turn their back on you. Let's say, for example, like I know people pleasers who look to my face and they'll be like, oh, man, you're such a good person. You're a really good homie, blah, blah, blah. And then um, somebody will be like, oh, isn't David an asshole? He goes, yeah, he, he's kind of an asshole. Because they're, they're, they're people pleasers like that. And we have to confront those people. It's like, hey, bro, why'd you say that? And it's like, oh, it's not what I meant. It's like, no, it's because you're a people pleaser. You're a fucking bitch. You're a pussy made bitch. And that's why people don't trust you. Because all you do is go around and you try to adhere to how everybody else feels. People pleasers are the people I'm the most wary about. Because they're the backstabbers. They're the backstabbers. They can't stand their ground to save their life. Therefore, Koreans are people pleasers. <laughs> <laughs> they, oh. they kind of are though, right? Because it's always like, how many times have I have we talked about people in church where they look at your face and they go, I appreciate you so much. I hope you have a blessed day. Then they go have their little kuyongebe and all of a sudden they're talking shit about you. I could already have that conversation in my head. Right. And then you come back the next day and they go, oh, I don't know what's happening at the church. Like people are so mad. And you're the one who fucking started it. Dude, can I say, can I just tell you one story? Yeah. It's like, it's not about the adults or anything. It's actually actually about an experience I had when I was in sixth grade. This, You're saying exact same thing what you're saying. Although mm. the people pleasing part, I think it is part of it. So there is this girl who I met. I went to a new school and she wanted to be my best friend. She's like, let's be best friends. I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone. So sure. And sure enough, she provided enough evidence to say we're best friends and I'm making the effort. And I was like, this is awesome. And I'm trying to get to know other people and they're getting to know me. Time passes by and all of a sudden I get dirty looks and I'm like, huh. And then so that best friend calls me and she's like, you know, I think people don't like you. I'm like, but I like you. So don't worry. And I'm like, okay. And so she's like, here, let's see if they really don't like you. So there was a thing called three-way call back then. So we would three-way call uh, a classmate. And she would pretend that I'm not there. And they would start having a conversation and say, talking about me. And then she would say, so what do you think about her? And I'm like, oh, I think she's all right. And then she'd be like, but isn't she kind of annoying? She's kind of annoying. And then the friend, the other girl would be like, yeah, she's kind of annoying. I hate that. I hate that so fucking much. I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, I'm broken. What is going on? And no joke, she started that flame. The entire Korean community of sixth grade hated me. Hated me so much that I literally didn't have anyone to hang out with. And I thought, shit, I'm screwed. 
And then on top of that, she had an older sister. She sent me an email as if it was the older sister saying, don't fuck around with my little sister. If you do anything, I will kill you. It was so big. The text was so big that my mom saw it. And she got so mad. It was like at midnight. Mm -hmm. She called that friend's mom and Mm -hmm. said, what the fuck is this? Why am I seeing cursing word all over saying it's your sister or it's your daughter? And the mom is like, what are you talking about? And she's like so mind blown. I think they got in trouble and somehow that information got to school. I don't know if this is the reason why, but at the end of that year, they left. They left. Well, you can't make death threats. <laughs> That's true. I guess you, that is a death prob- threat. Oh they, my God. They, they probably got kicked out because you can't, can't make death threats to another oh student. Oh my God. I didn't know that was a death threat. Yeah, that's a death threat. Oh shit. I was just scared. And she did come around right before she left. She said, sorry. She had to. <laughs> I was like, I had no idea what was going on. And everybody hated me. And then she left. And I was like, what? And then the people <gasps> still hate you after? No. So funny enough, the following year, when uh, we went to seventh grade, it was, nice. it was like all restart again. Yeah. And I, I told myself, I was like, fuck this. I'm not gonna be the nice guy. I'm gonna be a bitch and don't fucking talk to me. That's mm-hmm. what I was thinking in my head. So I never said hi to anyone. And I just like walked around like, I don't give a fuck. And people started saying hi to me. People I don't, I don't even know. They're like, hi. And I'm like. See, look at that. When you don't fucking care and you don't look. But, but that's to my point though, right? Yeah. When you, when you. Listen, it's great to lean on people for strength, but. Those people that you lean on to strength have to be people who are important to you in your life, mm. you know, that are kind people. But when your foundation is strong and you're unfuckwithable, <laughs> like people will respect that, you know, even like, like people sometimes even confuse this, right? They go, well, I'm a geek and I'm a nerd, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you can be a confident geek and a fucking confident nerd, bro. Like, mm-hmm. Do you have any idea? Dude, some of my favorite people on YouTube that I watch, they're the dweebiest, nerdiest motherfuckers on <laughs> earth. And they they just ooze confidence. They ooze this, this, this like, charisma. I know. Charisma. Charisma. And you kind of fall in love with that. Like, uh. oh, this is really cool to see this person kind of shine in their realm. Because they believe in themselves. Yeah. they And they also just, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> they enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. They like what they like. Mm-hmm. Whether you like what I fucking like doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I have a community that fucks with me and then we all share our joy together. And that's what fucking matters. <laughs> and you know what? That's when I met Becky. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. It was just, it was a, it was such a funny time where I was in the bathroom cleaning my wide ass shoes. Becky's her best friend. Becky's my best friend since seventh grade. And I was just cleaning my white shoe to keep it clean. And I'm like, don't fucking with me because I'm cleaning my shoes. And then she comes around. She's like, hi. And with this high tone voice. I'm like, She still has the same voice. <laughs> and she really showed me what friend meant. But yeah, prior to that, I didn't really have good experience with Korean girls. Yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, developing strong friendships is difficult. But when you find like that special person, it it clicks really hard. There are people mm-hmm. who, pe- that's what I'm saying, man. Some of y'all throw out that word friend too easy. And you kind of set yourself up for disappointment because every time you meet somebody and you have a good interaction, one interaction, you go, oh, this person's my friend. They are not your fucking friend. Yeah. <laughs> you had, they are just a good acquaintance right now. Yeah. Friendship is a title that is earned. It is something that is earned through trials, tribulations, like misunderstandings, going back and forth on things. That's what like, it's hard making good friends. It's not easy. It's not. And 
I don't know. It's not. And I don't know why, but I had a flashback of people at work who I met or now like good friends of mine because we worked so many hours together, gone through so much shit together that we're friends now. And you were saying like, it's hard to earn that friend term. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to make friends too. Especially as an adult, I think it's not as easy because we're not like in a campus college and just like meeting people. But um, I don't know why I was just. It's I, I mean, up. it's simple. Like I, you know, me and Joe talked about this on a previous podcast where people just, it's called fucking on the first date. You guys, <laughs> you guys just fuck on the first date. And it's you, true. That's what, like, I think girls do this the most because uh-huh. a lot of my homegirls go through these same issues. They go, besties forever. Hashtag bless. Bless. You know, you know, best friends. This is my bestie. We're living our best life. And the next thing, like, I can't believe she did this. It's like, bitch, you just fucking met her. What you mean you can't believe it? You best believe it. You don't fucking know her. When I see people like that, I'm like, you're not my friend. I don't want to get anywhere near you because I don't know when you're going to I was giving the same advice to Mariel too, it, you know, not that long ago. Where it was like, I forgot how long ago it was. Whatever. The timeline doesn't matter. But, you know, going through like these thoughts of her just like, stressing out about certain people in her life and i asked her like are these people your friends and then she paused and she was like i guess i was like then that's they're not your friends like if you have to go uh they're not your friends <laughs> that means they're people that are maybe in your social circle yeah yeah so don't get hurt or affected by what these people say because their yeah. opinions do not matter yeah you know that's true you cannot let people that's why you have to be careful and i and i warn people about this all the time telling people that they're or knowing who your acquaintances are who your friends are, who your homies are, and who your brothers and sisters are, are very different. That's the thing. Sometimes you feel like you're friends because you go, you dive in deep way too fast mm-hmm. and too deep. You where fuck you're on like, the first date. <laughs> I guess that is true. Yeah. Or, yeah. We're to the point where you're like, oh my God, we know each other so much and we're okay with it. And then like, all, all of a sudden you become friends. But actually that's not the case because you don't know how they are day to day. You, you don't. Yeah. You, you really fucking don't, man. And then sometimes too, when you feel like you're about to be at that friend level and you start getting, you're like, oh, you, we're actually don't, we don't actually get along yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah. We're not, we're very different. Yeah. And then, then you fizzle out and you become acquaintances. You know what I think for my problem is, it's not people pleasing, but it's the fact that, oh, somebody wants, wants, like needs my help. Not needs my help, but wants to get my advice maybe mm-hmm. or someone who's wanting me i think that's like very rare for me like i'm like oh my god they appreciate my presence like i i feel that way sometimes mm-hmm. and i think when that happens and they talk about they're very open or vulnerable with me i'm like oh, i feel so appreciated but they probably have no idea that's how i feel yeah and also too that's that's a relationship that's not even a relationship it's a one-way street mm. right and we were talking about this too about how when sometimes when you meet people and they kind of open up and they dump everything on you and every time you meet them, the only thing they talk about is their pain, their struggles and themselves. That's not a friendship. Mm. You're, you're their free therapist. You are their mm. emotional tampon. You have to absorb mm. all their shit, all their emotions, right? And then what? Because what happens when their problems are solved? Like, do you guys have a, still have a friendship? What do else you, is there to talk about? Nothing, yeah. because they're not talking about themselves. Those aren't friendships. I've met people like that so much where they take, they take, they take, and they go, oh, this person's really close to me. No, you feel like you're close to me because you get everything from this relationship. You know what I realize? I think that's what YouTubers are. You know how... So, like... TV Hollywood celebrities and YouTubers, like the fans react differently. 
And mm-hmm. I think it's because YouTubers are so open. They receive everything. They think they know everything about them. So they're like, oh my God, we're friends. And yeah. that's why they react like friends when they meet you or anything. Which for me, like, I don't mind as long as they understand boundaries. Right? <laughs> there is it's no like, boundary because they're like, like, hey, we're brothers. Like, as long as, I mean, I've had some people come up to me and be like, we're twins. We're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, you need to get your clammy hands off me. Don't you think that's why though? I'll, no, I, just I mean, you know what? The, the YouTube relationship is very unique, right? Yeah. Because I tell almost everything about, not even everything. You guys hear about 50% about my life that I feel comfortable telling. Mm. Um. And you get to know my thoughts and my struggles. And the biggest yeah. thing about, I think, why people like my YouTube so much is because I was the average Joe. I, I was not even, maybe not even the average Joe. I was the geeky, chubby Asian dude that was loudmouth and didn't give a fuck. You didn't <laughs> see that a lot. Like the people who, mm. who, who, who pretended like they didn't give a fuck, which by the way, there's not a lot of people who talk like me. And I've gotten to know this a lot, especially in these social circles. Talk like you? What do you mean talk like you? Like say shit and not give a fuck about the consequences. Uh, it's like, this is how I feel. If I'm not hurting anybody's feelings, if these are just thoughts and opinions. If you don't like it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that you don't like it because you're also allowed to have your opinion. So There's a Korean celebrity who's just like you. And <laughs> he was anti for the longest time and now people love him. Yeah, well, people just... Because they get sick of the people who put up the fake front, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what really helped up my YouTube career when the beginning was I was very open with my flaws. I was very open with just being a goofy mm. looking dude. I never dressed up. People didn't even know. You know, in my first YouTube videos, every shirt that I wore was a free shirt. <laughs> it hasn't changed, David. This, this isn't a free it shirt. It hasn't changed. I don't know what you're talking about. This is a human-made t-shirt. This shit was $100. <laughs> human-made t-shirt? It's the brand. It's Pharrell's brand. Oh, so. well, I mean... You get a lot of free shirts, though. It's no, all the same. no, I'm talking about car wash shirts. I'm talking about like shit like that. Car wash shirts, like shit was at flea markets. Like you, like that was like a joke that I have because it was like I didn't want people to. You don't need anything to be funny, but being a funny person, mm. you don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to try to dress up. None of that shit. Mm. So I was completely fine being a bummy, trashy dude, mm. and so. I, I wore all free shirts in my first, uh, like a majority of my videos when I was doing these vlogs. I was like, what is, this guy's such a terribly dressed person. They were all free clothes. And I just kind of kept this inside joke going until I was like, this is pointless. <laughs> but, uh, nobody gets it. <laughs> yeah. It was just something I did for myself, you know? Uh, and it just, there's just a, a certain level of freedom with it. And I think that's why I got to connect with a lot of people is because I'm the average Joe that speaks what most people want to say. Mm, and I just do it. Who's not afraid to say it and hear and by the way, when I say I'm not afraid to say it, it doesn't mean I'm right. It's just I'm also I want to be an advocate of people to be able to discuss their thoughts, even if they're wrong, because it's just discussing and, and, and topics. Mm. That's all that it is. And mm. just stop taking shit so fucking personally. Everybody takes everything so fucking personally. They think that when somebody says something that they don't agree with, that they hate them. Well, shut the or fu- just don't say it. If that's like your fear and you don't want to see that, then don't put it out there. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. That's the best. That's the best advice you could ever. You don't get. have to share everything on social media. Oh, people don't know that though. They they feel like they have to. They feel like oh, I have to do a comedy video today. Oh, I have to do. Uh, if that's their job. It's not their job though. It's like you don't have to. And then when people don't like it, they delete it. It's like, dude, who cares? Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? If you like to leave it up, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it like that. true. Like, I think, what is it? It's like, social media used to be something that like, you know, just friends can do it and have fun. But now it became like, it has to grab everyone's attention. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it needs to have the best likes, the best blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm going the personally for me, I'm like, I'm going the exact opposite. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling people, I'm telling you guys right now, nobody gives it. a fuck about you. And that is a good thing. Nobody cares about you as much as you think you care about them. They don't. If you die tomorrow, these people that you think actually care about you will, will cry for you one day and then forget you the next. And those are the type of people that you're worried about. Fuck them. You need to be worried about the people that are in your corner that care about you. Those are the ones that are going to cry. Those are the ones that are going to look at the pictures and go back to your gravesite and then think about all these like times that you guys had together. Those are the people that matter. Every time you focus and every second you focus on people that could give a literal fuck about you, who cares? That's why now like on my comments, I like all the comments because I want people to know that I'm at least paying attention to them, at mm -hmm. least the people who support this channel. Yeah. Because if I don't do that, it's like, why do I always give attention to these people who talk shit? I know. Why do you? Because it's fun for me. But now I do it to for now I'm trying to interact more with the happy ones. Yeah, because they're the ones supporting you. Yeah. But the, the other ones, too, it's, it's a fun game. It's like, OK, how do I roast this person? In a very creative and funny way. It's just an exercise. Then maybe you should tell all your supporters, hey, put something in hate and then I will, you know, respond. No, no, no. They all get responses, <laughs> whether it's all good ones get responses too. the bad ones get responses. But the people, they enjoy it, too. They also enjoy the funny little roasts, mm. you know, so it's a fun little thing that we all do. It's an exercise, you know. And that's not what people are really good at. I think that's the hard part that you actually enjoy roasting others because that's not easy. Yeah. And I think also, too, like she knows it, too. Like I don't brood over these things. Like I just put it up and I go. Um. <laughs> like what? Like what? seen you maybe you were brainstorming what you want to say but i've seen you've been like addicted to your phone for a long time to figure out how to roast these people yeah but that's not me brooding over it though i hope so i don't do i don't so? i don't i don't get involved with your work so i no what what do i mean by brooding over it though just be talking about it be mad about it yeah when do i ever do that i think you have but when tell me when this is where you piss me off because why would I remember when? Exactly, because I don't. That I, doesn't okay. Just because I don't remember doesn't mean it never happened. No, you have to give me at least one example. I though. don't plan. I I didn't. I never plan to give you this as an example, so it's not restored in my brain. I'm sorry. It's been removed. It's not important for me. You have to give me, but that's what I'm saying. You can't say those things without giving examples. I though. didn't say it. I thought I saw it though. I could say that I've but seen when? it. Okay, on July 28th, 2020, no, not, not, at 5 o'clock. Now you're being a pedantic. Like how you have to I'm give saying it. that I can't. I don't write these down and remember. You, on the other hand, love to remember no, things like, and okay, bring so up. This is what I mean by brooding over it. Has somebody ever written a comment uh -huh. and then all day I'm pissed off? Ever. Has there been one time that mm. has ever happened? I feel like one day you were and then you called it off. You were like, oh, I can't. I'm not. You can't say you feel like that means it didn't happen. I feel like I've seen it. No, you, no, that's impossible. But I never. You, done you it. literally are just doing this now just so you could prove your point. No, give me I, an example. I'll prove what point? There's no point. Give me an example. Okay, no, I forget it. You never brutal. How about that? <laughs> what the fuck is brutal? You never brutal. Give me an example because I have to know. <laughs> okay, that's. 
I like how you said you made it. Never happened. And I said okay, it never happened because it never happened. That's what exactly what I said, yeah. David. So the only things that pissed me off that I brood over all day is shit that she says. <laughs> that's about it. Which is the point right now. She just <laughs> says things just to say things. Like that's what I'm saying. I say brood okay. all day. She goes, oh, I've seen you get uh, upset at comments. I didn't say I don't get upset at comments. What I said is like, does it ruin my whole day? Does it? Does it ruin your whole day? I said, no, it doesn't. Then it never happened. Then why did you say it did? <sighs> Do you see how the conversation goes? Do you see how ridiculous she's being? <laughs> oh my God. She goes, oh, you brood over. I'm like, when? She goes, I don't know. Then what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. You win. You win. <laughs> Thank you. Jesus, dude. Uh, Her point on this podcast is just to make me look bad as possible. Sure, why not? See, this is the shit that pisses me off about her, dude. She just says things. She literally just says things with absolutely no proof or examples. And she goes, it happens. And I'm like, when? That's why the word I feel are added. You can't say I feel about that stuff when it never happened. Therefore, I said, okay, it never happened. Why do you have to keep brooding over this? I feel Mariel is a stupid idiot. Why? See, I don't know. Because I feel like you do stuff that... Say you're stupid. Then why are you with me? Huh? You should break up with me then. See that? That's not that's not her always response. I just did something that she did right back to me, and she doesn't like it. Yeah, because you know, because I know but you don't just, like this. It's just how I feel, though. Why? Oh, see, it's, it's just, just how, how I feel. feel. It's just why how, are you then with me? It's just how I feel. See that? That's her always go-to response when she has nothing else to say. She goes, "Then why are you with me? No, you said why, that why don't I'm you stupid. leave me?" So I'm like, then why are you with me? Oh, because that's how I feel. <laughs> that's how you feel. That's how I feel. <laughs> I have I have no proof. I'm not I have asking no, you I have for no evidence. any proof. <laughs> I have no evidence, but th- I'll just say it because that's how I, I feel. I need my therapist. I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You have no therapist right now, all right? Oh my God, God help me. God is not here right now either. He backed God, up. God, where are you? And he's like, I can't help you. David was a pastor for three years. I'm on his side. This is why I fired David. He <laughs> cannot become a pastor. You will kill the kids. <laughs> you will kill the kids. <laughs> and there she goes with those accents again. What accent? Dude, sit properly. What is this? I don't want to see your junk. What are you talking about? That's not my junk. Oh my gosh. Whatever. I don't have any accent. I just speak how I speak, okay? <laughs> you do have accents. I have my own oh, accent. Oh, really? When you when you met uh, Joe's girlfriend? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> that is one of my many hellos. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? But you know what? In front of Hannah, I'm going to do only Asian accent. And you went, oh, really? I was oh, like... Really? I was like, what the fuck are you doing? She ain't from British or anything. She, or she ain't from England or anything. She is. She's from the UK. No, she's Welsh. She's from the UK. She's from Europe. She has a European accent. And you're like, hello. You know, no, she's she lives in London right now. But actually, I don't know. I don't know much about her, so whatever. <laughs> I can't. I can't deal with this. Oh, really? I was you like, know what? what? I'm just the gonna. Fuck are you okay, doing? so here's the thing. If I have only my Asian accent with her, is that cool? I think that's not the point. I'm not trying the, to think. What? Oh my god, you're English. I'm gonna talk in my but English th- that's accent. That's what you did, though. And then when you saw the Asian person, you went, "Thank you." <laughs> You have to moderate this in your head. It's going to backfire on you one day. I'm scared for your life. Because one day they're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? And you'll be like, what? What am I doing? And then, and then you're going to get nervous. And then the accent's going to stick. Like, you're making fun of me. I'm the 
stop making fun of you. I, I just can't stop. <laughs> it's like, what you mean? What this? What this, you mean? What you mean? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? My name is Mary Poppins. <laughs> and then you can't stop and you start crying. I can't stop this. This is all I can do. I'm cursed. <laughs> I'm cursed. Every, I'm so nervous. Oh, my God. You know what happened, actually? What? This reminds me. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. It just happened. Where I... Long, long, long time ago, after I came back from... Oh, hold on one sec. Continue. Is Ed here? I think Ed is here. Oh, Ed is here? Yeah. Oh, hi, Ed. Wait a second, please. Um. So when I came back from Taiwan... Can you I, text him? So uh, we have uh, Ed Park coming into the podcast real quick. Uh, I don't have Ed's. Oh, I do. I do. Yeah. What do I tell him? Hold on a second. <sighs> Wait for him? No, just open the door for him. How'd you know Ed's here? Should I resume? Go ahead. So when I came back from Taiwan, I had this interview with a studio. This is quite embarrassing for me. But so when I came back, I had, you know, some struggle getting the conversation going with folks because I just was in a different country. My brain was in a different world. It was very Asian, but not so Asian at the same time. And I was having a conversation with a studio who had French folks. And they had accents. My interview, all of a sudden, I had an accent. <laughs> I just ended up starting so- having an accent. I'm like, but it wasn't their accent. I'm going to say that. It wasn't a French accent. It was just like, I'm, I'm talking. I'm like, I can't stop. And then they looked at me and they're like, oh, did you live in Australia? I guess it was an Aussie accent. I'm like, no, I did live out of country for a bit. And I think I just hung around with so many folks that I have a mixed accent right now. But, you know, I think I, that's I, her people pleasing problem there. It's so weird. I couldn't get out of it. And it was coming out so smoothly, too. <laughs> but it wasn't any one specific country accent. I think it was just a mix that I just got used to. I hate that about you. So annoying. Why? <laughs> it's so. Well, how is that people pleasing though? It wasn't a- because you do that in order to like. It's like a defense to make somebody feel comfortable. But it wasn't. They were like distracted because they're like, "Where are you from?" Dude, whenever she sees like my my friend Lynn, like she she she's always like, "Oh, okay, girl, what's up?" Like I'm like, "What the fuck? Why are you talking like that, dude?" No, I don't do that. <laughs> I might have done that once, David. You have done it. Multiple times. Well, you mean multiple times? Every time she comes up, I'll be like, okay, girl. Yes. And then until I brought it up to her, I was like, I hate it when you do that. And you're like, what you mean? <laughs> it's like, what you mean? I'm, what you, you mean? I'm doing? I'm gonna, just because you don't like it, I'm going to do it more. Because oh. I do it at work. I used to do it at work. Do too. not do that. I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, people pick that up and they're like, what the fuck? Like, don't do that. Because you always tell me like when you do this, like to give you a heads up. And I'm giving you a heads up. Okay, fine. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to burn myself if I don't listen. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, don't But do it wasn't people pleasing. I think it's just like... It's like a nervous tick that you have. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what the hell that is. You know, like how if you're with the Koreans, 
and they speak only Korean, then you start speaking Korean. It's kind of like that, I think. I think mm. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm in a that. foreign environment. My foreign side is coming. Yeah, we talked about this too, where it's like code switching, right? Um, yeah. People do that a lot in order to make other people either feel comfortable or make them feel comfortable. You're going with their energy. Yeah, I'm... I'm I mean, we all do that to a certain extent. That, you know what I'm that was me. Yeah, but yours is extreme though. Hello. Okay. Like, no, nobody code switches as hard as you do. The way you code switch is crazy though. It's like, you'll, you'll, meet, you'll, you'll meet like an Aussie person with some strips on the bobby. Like, yeah, mate. Like, the fuck are you doing? Your code switching is hella hard. It's fun. No, I'm, I'm saying that though. I think... In my defense, I lived in so many different areas that I do have a friend who's just like me. Where they just just start saying random accents for no reason? Something like that. Mm. Yeah. So they'll just like, I don't know, meet like an African dude. They go, hello, what is your name? (laughs) (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. (laughs) What do you want to eat? I don't know what I want to eat. I mean, okay, let's not go that far. But, you know, if you're, for example, if you're with a Korean person who speaks Korean a lot, mm-hmm. I start talking in Konglish. Well, that's different because you're doing that because that's the communication's easier. Damn, it's like, oh, it, uh, the communication isn't easier with Hannah when you go, hello. No, no, what? the communication what? isn't easier. It's just that's how my brain thinks. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Maybe I'm, you don't understand. T- no. Maybe you just don't understand. Maybe someone out there will understand no, me. I understand. That's fine. But I'm telling you, it's going to bite you in the ass. What? <laughs> Should I just not talk? No. <laughs> when you see an Asian person and you go, thank you. Like, that's good. Honestly, would okay if there's an American per a white person in front of me and I say thank you, do you think they would understand? No, what I'm because saying? they're not Asian. I know. So why would the white person get offended by that? I'm not saying getting offended, but they wouldn't understand. What are you talking about? They wouldn't know what thank you mean. Like if I say thank you, well, thank you is a lot. Yes, I, the Chinese person would have understood if you said thank you. If you just said. Thank you. No, not. I was trying to see. That's what I'm saying. It's the Korean version. Thank you. I was using Korean. I said thank you. If you just would have said thank you, would have been perfect. Fi- oh perfectly fine. I'm just giving you a heads up that you continue to do that. You're gonna find one person that's not gonna fuck with that, and it's gonna be a bad, bad look. So what should like, I do? Like, like when you come came up and you asked one of my closest friends, Khalif, if you could touch his hair. Yeah, yeah, It yeah. was lucky that it was Khalif and it wasn't some other random person that you just met. Uh-huh. Do you see what I'm saying? So what should I do? Just think twice. <laughs> when I see somebody- I'm be a very slow talker. <laughs> with somebody who has an accent, maybe I shouldn't use an accent. Okay, I didn't know that person didn't have an accent. I didn't honestly didn't even look at that person. I just said, thank you. I didn't even, like, I wasn't cautious about, not cautious, but like, I wasn't thinking- Oh, that person is Asian, probably doesn't know English. Let me say thank you with an accent. I wasn't thinking like that. I know you don't think that, but you do these things quite often. (laughs) So I'm just trying to give you a heads up because you told me to tell you when you do these things. Because like in the work setting, you might mess up. And you know what's happened to you quite a few times. So I'm trying to give you a heads up. Did it? You just told me you did Uh, an interview in an Aussie accent and you couldn't stop. (laughs) That was a long, long, long time ago. <laughs> so I'm trying to help you out. That was way before I met you. <laughs> Hello. I didn't do that. It was just like very minor accent. 
Just don't do it. Mine. Just but don't then, do what it. What do I do with my American accent then? What American accent? I'm thinking when I'm talking. <laughs> what do you say? Are you high? You know what? I feel high right now. <laughs> Never mind. Okay, fine. Thank you for your advice. I will accept it and I'll be more cautious. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look out for you. <laughs> All right. I just don't want you to get your ass beat one day. I'll never leave the house. I'm, like, I'm too scared. And I'm like, hey, why did you beat up my wife? And they go, well, I was walking around and she kept mocking me to try to imitate my accent. I'm like, oh, I understand. She she just does these things. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I Is it considered imitating if I live there though? And I, like if I'm doing Korean accent, am I mocking them? Yes. It doesn't matter if, if, cause if, if they just want to be spoken to regularly in America in English and you go up there and you go and then you start, you know, speaking to them in a Korean accent, it's like, what I, the I, fuck? I, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do that. But you do do that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you, you talking about Hannah? Yes, you Daddy did. Hannah, I hate you. <laughs> she didn't. She, well, I'm saying you're very lucky because Hannah's okay with that. But I have seen other people be like, what the fuck? You know, like to me? No, not to oh, you. Okay, okay. But they'll be like, "Hello, oh, you have a, you have a British you have a British accent," and they're like, "Dude, cut that shit out." I've oh. seen that. So uh, I'm you saying, know like, I'm not doing that. Does Hannah know I'm not doing that? Oh, she knows because okay. she talked to you, and you're fucking goofy as shit. But I'm <laughs> okay. saying you're lucky because you got to do it yeah, to yeah, Hannah yeah, and then yeah. somebody. But you do it to another stranger who doesn't find that funny or endearing because they don't know you. That's when it could get a little troubling. I'll try. I don't. Th- I I hope I'm. Uh. Reactive and fast enough where I could stop myself. Because it's not for me where it embarrasses me. I'm it's worried more like, when I'm like, please old. don't get beat up. <laughs> like, please don't, don't beat up my. Well, f- number one, I don't leave the house much, so maybe you should, huh? <laughs> maybe that's the problem. <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll help out a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, maybe I'll able to monetize. Dude, whenever like Lynn would come, like Lynn. You know, Lynn grew up in Stockton and stuff. I don't and talk we in Vietnamese. Okay, okay, that was a little racist. <laughs> wait, wait, she's, what? She's, I don't talk in Vietnamese. She's well, a Vietnamese speaking. accent. No, but you don't do a Vietnamese accent. But she grew up in, you know, Lynn's from Stockton and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm from Sacramento. So, you know, like we code switch a lot and it'll come out. So with her, she'll see Lynn. She goes, okay, girl, what you cooking? I, I don't like, think so. I really fuck? don't think so. Yes, you do. Like me. Yes, you do. No. I was like, you know he'd be crazy. I'm like, oh my God, who the what? fuck is this? No. <laughs> yes, you do. No, that's, I'm my goodness. That's right. You like calling me out? I've called you out too. When? Wait, wait, wait. Tell me exactly when. when. Anytime that we hang no, out. That's not it. No, that's Anytime not it. that we hang out. I don't believe it. There was it. one time when we went over and Lynn was cooking pho. And then that's when you put it on super hard. And I remember after that, I told, I asked you, why do you do that? And you're like, I do what? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh shit. But here's the thing. I It is true. When people, I get very, very easily influenced by how people talk around me. So if you talk like that, I will start picking it up. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, like I understand when people code switch light, I'm saying you code switch hard. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's like night and day. Yes, that's who I am. You know what I'm saying? Like That's how I pick up languages. I, I, I can do the whole thing where I, when I talk to like a, a white executive and I'm like, hey, how are you? You oh. know, I can do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right. But if I'm talking casually and you know when it gets later and later at night, my sacramentality starts to come out. Oh, more. dude. Yeah. You turn into a whole different person when you're with certain sec friends. I'm like, I, what happened to my David? <laughs> <laughs> who the hell are That's you? how I grew up talking a majority of my life. And then um, somewhere in between like me trying to get a professional job and all this other stuff, I started recording how I spoke and I started switching on. And I started practicing like, 
stop saying, you know what I'm saying? You feel me? Like I took all this stuff out. I stopped saying the N word. I stopped doing all this stuff. So, you know, it it was practice over time. But obviously when you get tired, when it Mm -hmm. gets late at night, you start drinking, you speak the way that you normally do. Where you're just- See, that's me. Except it's not the tired part. This is what I mean by like, I don't have an accent. I don't have a language. Is that I grew up, you grew up, for example, a certain accent, certain style of conversation. And then at a certain time, you're like, I got to switch it. So you've established that foundation. I don't have that foundation. I grew up very mumbly, like washy, wishy-washy, gray line. And then I picked up languages. And then that's… This is your normal talk right here, though. This is it. This is your this foundation. This is my normal when I'm concentrating. But when I'm like loosey-goosey and I'm not really thinking how I'm talking, then it just comes out however I like. Yeah. Like it's like it's like your dreams. You know, you people ask me how do you, what language do you dream? What language do you use when you're dreaming? I say, I don't know. It depends because I've heard recently it's all English because that's all I speak, but then in the past I have spoken all languages that I learned. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I get it, but I'm saying, I, yeah, I understand. You do know what I'm talking about. I do though, know right? what you're talking. About. I just want to explain where I'm coming from. That I'm not trying yeah. to pretend. That's well, I'm, I don't like I said. There's not a, a hateful, harmful bone in your body. Yes, yes, at all. It's just why it's it just, doesn't come out of, so easily. But you're the example of just pure ignorance and bliss. Like ignorance <laughs> is bliss. You're that example because. Because it's not like if Mariel does something that's culturally offensive, she doesn't double down and defend it. She goes, oh, is that offensive? Why? (laughs) (laughs) She's not the person that doubles down on something she does wrong. She'll ask why. And they'll explain. She goes, oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Dude, one time we were, I forgot, we were watching this, uh, the soul food documentary and out of nowhere, she just asked, (laughs) she goes, how come black people like fried chicken so much? I'm like, okay, what the fuck? What do you mean, right? Did I ask that? Yes, and it, because oh. there was a fried chicken section, right? Uh-huh. And then I was like, "Explain yourself." She goes, "Because Korean people love fried chicken too. So how come they get it? How come?" Oh, wait, are you sure that was me? That asking? was you. And then I was cracking up, and I'm like, "Okay, let's just." Uh, and then we talked about watermelon too, because you're like, "How come they they say how come like white people say you know black people love watermelon so yeah, much?" Yeah, that and, one I didn't. And understand. then you're like, "I don't get Korean people love watermelon." <laughs> Everybody likes watermelon. I was like, everybody likes watermelon, which is true. I think it was just some racial stuff back in the day that stuck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like some kind of song. No, no, no. That was the Ice Cream Man song. That was some other stuff. But see, when she asked these questions and most people would be like, "What? why is she asking that? It's because she didn't grow up here. You know, these are like cultural stuff that if you're not from here or if you weren't surrounded by a certain culture, you're not going to know these things, no matter how mainstream it is, because what's mainstream to you might not be mainstream to somebody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even at work, when they're talking about mainstream Hollywood stars, I have no idea what they're saying. Dude, that's what it's like when I go to these meetings and they talk about film people. They're like, oh, did you watch the film by, you know, Jacques Papier? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I did. It was beautifully shot. It was a masterpiece. And they're like, yeah, what did you like about it? It's like the cinematography, the lighting, the gaffers. Just like how the camera. I feel like you would know a lot because that's They go, what? They're like, I agree. And I walk away. I'm like, who the fuck is that? Like, oh, I yeah. have no idea who the fuck that is. I just smile and nod. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, stop, stop. Now I just go, I have no idea who that is. Oh, me too. Me too. Uh, when they start having that conversation and I have to be involved, I'm like, I'm going to peace out because I don't understand. Do film people love talking to you about like directors and like all I these specific- I don't know anything. As if I should know. And I know. I'm like, I know the movies that I enjoy and know. Yeah. 
but you, you're talking about like a 1950s film. I don't fucking know that far back. <laughs> the but geez, yeah. Well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Genius Brain Podcast. I hope you enjoyed that one. This woman says that apparently I'm over here just, just brooding in negative comments, which is so not true. I walk around most of the time and I'm happy every day. You are such a filthy liar, you code switcher. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. I said, never the mind. The only person that gets not. under my skin is this woman here. I don't There's do literally anything. nobody else. And I'm so innocent, too. You, and the you're, fact you're, that it you does... dress like a ninja turtle today. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. But yes. anyway. You can catch Mariel at Mariel underscore underscore song. She also has her own podcast with her friends called Lip L-I-P-P Ladies in production podcast yeah so, you remember because i'm a good husband that's why l-i-p-p lip ladies in podcast production they're ladies in production podcast <laughs> yes it's called ladies in prod podcast yes you can catch them they're on their second season right now give it a listen give it a go uh genius brains every thursdays and sundays all the way until january 1st after january 1st it's going to be once a week, my friends. <gasps> but for now, twice a week. And then we will see you all next time. Bye. Peace. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.